0: Chapter 13 Dreg seized him by his collar and hauled him up. The cave was sealed by iron bars with a door in the middle, making it a cell. Dreg pulled aside the rusty door and marched Gerard out through tunnels lit by draughty torches set in the walls. On they went, emerging at last into a vast cavern. In the centre of the cavern was a pit through which rose a pillar of flame, a fierce, fast furnace tearing up from deep beneath the hill to soar toward a cleft high in the cavern's lofty dome. At a comfortable distance from its fury, some two dozen men lounged and ate from old billy cans. Seeing Gerard, they halted, falling silent, while Dreg marched him around, to the fire's far side. There, Gremla sat, waiting at a table with two chairs. Upon seeing Gerard, she beckoned him forward, and as she beckoned, firelight hit the snake bracelet at her wrist, and tiny red stones flashed from deep within the sockets of its skull. Sit! She pointed to the chair directly facing her. Gerard obeyed, seeing with a shock how young she was. A girl, merely, a maid not that much older than he. With one impatient thrust, Gremler pushed the bracelet back up her arm. And as she did so, it seemed to Gerard that her eyes flickered with pain. Then she clapped her hands. Food for the boy! Boy? And she? She? Just a maid. Still, Gerard perked up. If she was feeding him, she didn't mean to hurt him. Did she? Crooker slapped down a bowl of stew in front of him, slopping thick shiny gravy out onto the tabletop. Gerard recoiled. The rich, meaty smell. The shining pools of gravy made him want to gag. Gremler's lip curled. Is it not good enough for you, Master Gerard? Gerard swallowed. I'm still queasy from the road. To his surprise, she laughed. It was not the road, but what I made you drink that made you queasy. Remembering the cold and bitter something in his throat, Gerard felt the anger start and the slow heat firing up his cheeks, that Powerful, stinking brew still lingered in his body, even now after goodness knew how long. He forced himself to meet her eyes once more and plainly saw the wicked pleasure therein. And yet she was so beautiful, with large, dark eyes deep-set, In the pallor of her face. Black brows arched like gulls wings. High cheekbones still soft with young flesh. Strong straight nose. Wide lips curving in amusement. All framed by the glorious mass of dark wavy hair. You had no right. What was that stuff? Something to keep you quiet. You've lain for two days and three nights. You know that? Two nights in the wagon and one on the hill. We fed you water and hot gruel, which you mostly refused. Ungrateful brat. Gerard stared. Two nights? He was that far from home? Another spasm touched her face. Her hand went to the bracelet, though it needed no adjustment. I could have given you worse, she went on. I have lots of different potions to make you do what I want. She leaned back and snapped her fingers. I say sleep and you sleep. I say wake up and you wake up. She reached into some inner pocket and drew out a small glass vial containing a clear blue liquid. If I like, I can take away your mind. For keeps... Why would you do that? Gerard sounded braver than he felt. Smiling slyly, Gremler put away the drops and propped her elbows on the table. I trade in people. She fingered the bracelet absently. I have what your father wants. He has what I want. I don't get what I want. He doesn't get what he wants. And you? Her smile cut. Eat. Gerard picked up his spoon, thrown by her sudden mood change. He scooped out a spoonful of the stew, then dropped it back into the bowl. Maybe in a while. Gremlin pointed to the bowl. Eat when I say eat, or, drawing out the vial again, she shook it in front of him. His gorge rising, Gerard took the spoon again and ladled down the hot, thick mess of gravy and assorted lumps. That's better. Gremler said, as he set the spoon down in the empty bowl. Pushing the bowl aside, she produced a parchment scroll and spread it on the table. On it were crude sketches of pieces from his father's treasury. Jeweled cups and plates and shields and ceremonial swords all gem-encrusted. Tell me, she commanded, tracing the drawings lovingly with her fingertips, I paid dearly for this inventory. Is it correct? The unwanted meal roiling in his stomach, Gerard leaned over the scroll. He visited the treasury, but rarely, not being interested in such things as yet. The only item he recognised was Herolis, the Lake Lord's Emerald Seal of Office, a piece valued beyond price. Well, she prompted, yes or no. Hot Bile surged, bitter-tasting. I don't know, he stammered. Springing to her feet, she grabbed his head and pushed it down until his nose was almost on the scroll. You lie. Look again. Dreg stepped up. Gremla. He don't seem so good. He's a brat, she snapped. He needs a flogging. He ought to be in bed. But I, Gerard began, as Dreg yanked him upright. With that latest sudden movement, the hot caustic fluid boiled up past the point of no return, erupting. Out across the table, splattering the empty bowl and Gremler's precious scroll. And Gremler. Oh, oh, Just look at this, she screeched, scrubbing furiously at her bodice. Get him out of here, Crooker, thrash him. Crooker dragged him back to his cell and threw him to the floor. Then he unbuckled his belt and swung it. Gerard tried to sit up, eyeing the dangling silver buckle. In the shape of a man's hand it was, palm flat, as if to slap him. Strike me, and you'll pay dearly, he warned. But the man only laughed. He raised the belt above his head and swung it around and around until the hand became a swirling disk of light. First, Peppy will have to catch me, and I hardly think he will. Gremler's the one I watch out for. She told me to thrash you, and thrash you I will. And when I'm done, You'll wish you were dead. Hey, can't you see how sick he is? cried Dreg. As Crooker brought the belt down, Dreg caught him from behind and slammed him against the wall. Why, you! Crooker came off the wall, lunging at Dreg. Gerard rolled out of range of what promised to be an ugly fight, but. To his astonishment, Cooker suddenly turned and fled. Wait till Gremler ears about this, he yelled, when safely out of reach. Dreg only laughed. That man's a coward. He won't tell Gremler, for fear of what she'll do to him. But you, you've gone and done it now, Dreg remarked. Helping Gerard back into bed. I mean, her oh, temper's allus bad enough. Just look at the mess you made of yourself. Couldn't you be more careful? He went on, as if Gerard had emptied out on purpose. Here, let's clean you up a bit. The man went out, carrying an empty wash jug and locking the cell door behind him. Gerard lay back, wishing for a drink of iced water. The back of his nose was raw and smelled sickly sour. His head ached and shaky spasms gusted through his whole body. As he lay there, feeling worse by the minute, he remembered that he'd felt that way once before, oh, years since. That time he'd lain for days up in his turret, while his father's apothecaries applied poultices and remedies that had made him feel worse. Am I going to die? he'd asked Leth. I think not, Leth answered, rubbing him with pungent oil. though. "'You might soon wish you could. "'You have the ague from getting overheated "'and then taking off your coat in this cold weather "'in spite of all I said.' "'The cold seeping through his thin, scully rags. Gerard wrapped his arms around himself, "'holding tight against another wave of spasms.' He vaguely sensed Dreg coming back with a steaming washbowl, coarse cloth against his face, thick, hot, peppery stuff trickling down his throat, Dreg's great hands rolling him in blankets. There, that should stop your shiking. A cool, wet pad pressed against his brow, a clay cup tipping icy water down his swollen throat. Come on, lad, swallow for drink. Easy, easy, oh, don't that feel better. And Grimler. He dies now, you die with him. Gerard came to, exhausted. Dreg sat beside him, chin on chest, eyes closed. Beyond, the cell door lay ajar. Gerard stared across, thinking, how simple, just to get up and walk out. He raised his head an inch or two, Then sat back again, the whole place spinning. That chance he had of ever sitting up. He thought with longing of his high turret chamber, early morning sun shafting through his window, mist rising from the lake, and Leth bringing in his tea. Oh, what! Had he done? Stupid to ignore Lef's warnings, sneaking off in the middle of the night to be a bold adventurer. Bold? Ha! Huh. He could never hope to be like Gom in a million years. What a fool he was to be taken in by Gremler's trick. Gom would not have let himself. "'be duped so easily, for sure. "'Even if he had, "'he likely wouldn't have gotten sick into the bargain "'because he'd have found a way out. "'Oh, he was not fit to be anything, "'certainly neither wizard nor lake lord. "'As for pleasing his father,' Gerard groaned softly. Less than nothing, that's what he was. And look at all the trouble he was causing everyone. What to do? How to get out of this? If only Gom knew the trouble he was in, he'd surely come to the rescue. Being a magical boy, would Gom hear him? If he called Gerard closed his eyes and took a deep breath. Gone, he pleaded silently. Hear me. I am Gerard Leotos son and I need your help. Gerard opened his eyes and waited, but nothing happened. He wasn't trying hard enough, he told himself. He took two deep breaths and tried again, willing the words out into the dark with all his might. This time he opened his eyes, he thought he saw a faint smudge of light, a shimmer in the middle of the cave. He blinked and looked again. The light was gone. Had he imagined it? Had it been wishful thinking? or a remnant of his fever? He tried a third time, once more without result. Gerard lay back, looking bleakly towards the cave mouth. How long before Gremler summoned him again? How long before Crooker came back to beat him? A worse thought came. Gremler would not let him out of there alive. Misery welled up inside, and he wept silently. Warm tears rolling down his face, Father, if only I could have told you what happened to me. If only I could have made to here. Oh, to be so helpless in their grasp. Gerard clenched his fists. Miserable creature, just lying there, limp and as lake weed. When Gorm was in Sundborg, the evil Marsh King's lair, he didn't lie around feeling sorry for himself. Oh no! He found a way to destroy the fortress and the king and save all Lagolad. Gremler had to be stopped. Gerard had to get out of there. But he wasn't a wizard yet, so he couldn't do it all alone. Yet with Gon's help, he might. But how to bring him there, just willing him to come, didn't work. And Gerard didn't know any magic spells. Gerard stared up at the cave roof, trying hard to find an answer. At last it came. If he didn't know any magic, then he'd just have to make some up. Clenching his fists and closing his eyes, he whispered, by the hawk in the skies, by the arrow that flies, by the fishes that swim in the lake, as they speed swift and true, so I now summon you, and command you to come For my sake, Gerard opened his eyes. In the middle of the cave, the air began to shimmer, and a shape began to form. Gerard drew in his breath sharply. It was small, about Beotre's size. A head appeared, topped with a thatch of brown hair. Now, features formed. Long brown face, dark deep-set eyes, long bent nose, and strong chin marked with three small moles. Not a young face, yet not old either come